Hi, I'm Frances Liliana, and this is The Dallas Type, an interview series where we celebrate the different personalities you'll find in the Dallas creative community. And it's also an attempt to see if there's anything that we might identify as a unifying element between all the creatives I've asked to participate. So, in regards to creatives here in North Texas, is there a Dallas Type? Today's chat is brought to you by the letter R. Hey. Hey, what's up? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. What is your full name, your position, or what you call yourself and your company? Um, okay. My name is Ramsey Rellis, and I'm a independent motion designer. If you had a superpower or alter ego, what would it be? Uh, well, growing up, my favorite superhero was Spider-Man. So I would have to say, you know, having his powers would be great. But if I only had to pick one of his many powers, is probably um, the spider sense, being able to know when danger's around the corner. Wouldn't we all? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is your day job, or at least how would you describe your day job? Um, well, I'm a uh, motion graphic designer. So uh, I do graphic design, but I put motion and animation toward it. So um, that's my day job. Being a, a freelancer, <laughs> like um, like a freelance motion designer, how would you describe kind of like what you do during a day or a typical day when you have, you know, a lot of projects to do? Uh, well, it depends. Um, being a, a motion designer, there's, I typically have two different types of clients. Um, there's, you know, the animation studios or post-production houses like Real Effects or, you know, 3008. Um, and usually when I work for them, I'm going on site working on their machines. Um, a lot of times I'm kind of like a substitute teacher, you know, one of their designers or motion artists is out for the day and they need somebody to jump in on a project. Um, but then uh, the second type of client is small design shops or ad agencies around town. And whenever I work with them, I'm usually working at home with, you know, me by myself with my two birds. You have birds? Yes, I have two birds. <laughs> you may hear them in the background every once in a while. I'm excited about that. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> How long have you been uh, a freelance motion designer, and how long have you been doing this in general? Um, well, I graduated in 2007, so about eight years, I guess. And um, I've been uh, independent for probably about four and a half to five years. That's that's crazy. Was it scary get going independent? Um, yes, it was. And it wasn't. I ended up becoming independent because. Out of necessity, you know, won't go into the details, but um, the the company that I was at, everyone got let go, and so everyone was just thrown into you know in the middle of the, the ocean, sink or swim, right? But initially, I went around going to places trying to see if they would hire me, and a lot of people liked my book or you know liked the work that I did, um, and they're like, oh, you do great work, we love to work with you, um, we don't have enough work or this type of work to. Um, that it would make sense to hire you. But we have this one project. How much do you think it'll cost to make uh, to to work on it? And so from there, you know, one project led to another project, to another project, to a different client, and, you know, word, word got around town. So it, it grew organically. Awesome. And um, what got you into the field in the first place? 
uh, as a kid, I was a big Spider-Man fan. So reading comic books, that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to draw, you know, Batman and Spider-Man and, and all that. And so uh, I realized that you couldn't make a lot of money making comic books. So I shifted towards animation. And luckily, the I, I went to school to study 3D animation, but I realized that wasn't really what I like to do. It's just there's a lot of parts that needs to be done. You know, if you work at a, a animation studio, you have a 300-person team making a movie. And I kind of like to do things myself, you know, having a, a holistic approach from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And motion graphic design um, was one of the courses that I took. And I was like, oh, this is great. I looked, you know, I can, I know this program. I can learn it really quick. But if I really want to be good at it, I need to be good at graphic design. And luckily, the program that I went to was really well known for graphic design. So I uh, started studying that and kind of merged the two, graphic design and animation, and kind of carved my own little path. And mm-hmm. Was there was there anybody in in your program or you know somebody outside of your program kind of after you left um, that became your hero or your mentor or is there somebody you know prior to going into um, studying uh, that that you found um, particularly inspirational? Um, hmm. Well, there's I could answer this so many ways. You know, um, I guess career-wise, or at least in motion graphic design, one of my biggest mentors was um, uh, one of my old instructors, Scott Spengler. And when I took his uh, motion graphics class, he actually gave me a C. Um, so that was great. Good thing um, to call him out now. <laughs> <laughs> but what was funny is um, I ended up getting hired at a studio, and about a year later, later he ended up getting hired as my um, supervisor. And so he went from being my instructor to being, you know, the person that I reported to. And so, you know, yeah, yeah, he gave me a C, but I got hired at the company first. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, since then we were both independent contractors. We, you know, pass each other work all the time. He's been a good mentor as far as motion graphics is concerned. Mm-hmm. I think one of the interesting things about that, you know, as a as a teacher, is not necessarily that you're giving somebody a low grade because they did badly. It's actually, if you look at it, he probably gave you a C because he he felt like you could have done better. You know, there's more behind your project than. So sometimes the C isn't really a C. Just trying to put that positive spin on there. So. <laughs> well, what's funny is like out of, out of everybody in that class, I think there's only two of us that actually pursued motion graphic design. Yeah. Um And everyone else, you know, they went into 3D animation or they, you know, never, you know, those people that you never hear from again. Um, so what is your favorite part of what you do? Well, I think right now being... Being independent, one of the things that I like doing that I find as a great benefit to me is being able to work with multiple people. You know, when I was first let go, I was trying to look for, you know, a job and working at looking at various companies and hoping to get hired. And now um, I am now working with the people, whether it's the people that I interviewed with or people that I look up to, I get to work with them. You know, so I'll get to work with, you know, Jeff Barfoot or get to work with Gus or, you know, get to work with you or the guys at uh, Caliber Creative. You know, some people will, you know, get hired someplace and that's where they work at for uh, years. And I get to work with all these awesome leaders in the industry uh, and 
that's great, getting to learn from them firsthand. Right. Like you, you actually get to pick who you, you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, then, is one of the biggest difficulties facing the field right now, since you have an opportunity to kind of see and communicate with, you know, different agencies and different small companies? Like, I think you get to have a really good perspective on, you know, what might be affecting multiple uh, multiple agencies. What do you what do you see as being the hardest thing that we're we're dealing with at the moment? Um, or not? I mean, do you think there's <laughs> huge opportunity here at at the same time? And we're all cognizant of the fact that it's hard to find great people because we're all so busy and we're all trying to hire. At least in my perspective, like, what do you like? What's your <laughs> What do you think? Well, I think it's we're in an interesting age. I know that you know print was uh, such a big part of the Dallas scene for such a long time. That's something that I don't have a lot of familiarity with. You know, being you know, I deal with pixels and RGB colors. You know, I've never done a press check. I've never had to spec paper. So I think uh, for me, it, it's um, informing or, you know, teaching some of the clients of, of what it takes to do um, or how to tackle some of the, these new mediums that's, you know, having to deal with social media stuff or doing with videos and not having to do a three-minute video for a client because no one wants to sit and watch a video for three minutes. I mean, it's three to... minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds short, but it can it can be a long time you know a lot of a lot of people don't want to watch commercials and that's you know how long how long do commercials take i don't know i i <laughs> tivo everything but, yeah, <laughs> you, you skip them right yeah so, well so but i'm the wrong field to ask like i i will watch <laughs> i will watch them but no i get i get what you're saying mm-hmm. so i think it's trying to adapt to these new mediums um whether it's mobile or interactive or, you know, social media or uh, video. I think it's trying to innovate on those fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with, yeah. you know, specifically like social media and video and kind of everybody's jumping on, you know, we need to produce video for our clients and whatnot. And you're seeing a lot of what you would, what some people might see as old school companies really realizing because somebody at least, you know, somebody's kid or cousin or friend of the family is saying you guys need to do video, right? Because they're reading mm-hmm. the right things. How would you describe what you do to somebody outside of the field? Specifically because they, you know, people are really cognizant now about it because it is in their, in their social streams and they're realizing how, what a big impact it is making on, on their lives and especially with the amount of time they spend watching them. Like, how do you, how do you describe what you do in regards to business to somebody that's, that you don't know, somebody that, that isn't in this community? Well, it's, it's graphic design in the context of motion. And, you know, uh, whenever you see commercials and they'll have graphics on there, you know, someone has to, to design that. Someone has to art direct it and someone needs to set it into motion. And as a motion designer, um, I I'll do all of that, or I'll do a portion of that, depending on who the client is. Um, and it's not necessarily just commercials. It, you know, it stretches over a wide variety of things. Where it could be um, a show package for you know MTV or the Emmys or for you know CBS or um, you know, by show package I mean like you know opening intros, lower thirds, where it says like the name of the person, their title. Um, or it could be working on feature films and doing animatics. So it 
it's such a wide um, field or the skill sets are so wide that you can do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the simplest terms is just it's graphic design, but in motion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's awesome because it's it's really, I mean, it is really an extension of it, and it, it's good to, at least from somebody that comes from, you know, very graphic background that motion design is described in terms of, of uh, motion design is described in terms of graphics because it really is. And there's not, there's, I feel like there's other designers out there who do motion that don't um, harken back to, you know, where, I mean, I, where I feel like some of the roots are. So mm-hmm. then describe a project that you're really proud of. Hmm. Well, I think for me, the projects that I'm most proud of it isn't necessarily uh, dealing with with motion graphic design necessarily. Um, so, you know, like I've in the last year, I was in charge of the National Student Show, and mm-hmm. which is a conference for students uh, at the college level, um, and bringing in speakers and you know having a juried competition and wrangling all that, wrangling all the volunteers, you know, lining up all the speakers. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to pull that off and, you know, give away $15,000 worth of scholarships and, you know, hearing the kids saying that they have a great time, uh, you know, that's great. You know, that's, um, yeah. It validates what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a project that I'm I'm proud of to say that I actually had a hand in doing that. Um, but as far as motion graphic design, probably the um, one of the most recent projects that I did with a uh, 70k FT, they um, were recently approached by Studio 360 to redesign the South, and so very controversial. And one of the creative directors over there gave me a call, and they said, hey, would you want to work on this? And I was like, absolutely. You guys are awesome, and this is a very interesting take, and trying to shift, you know, shed more light, you know, put the South in a better light than what people see in the news, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's actually that's really interesting, um, the last couple of answers. I mean, specifically because, you know, the two things that you're proudest of have to do with doing good for the community. And I think one of the things that I feel like a lot of a lot of designers and in, in, in any any um type of designer, I think one of the things that some designers forget that they are actually doing is is, is solving problems and, and actually, you know, hurting cats. I mean, you, you heard different cats in motion design. You know, and print designers have to, you know, herd still cats, whichever. But I mean it's really about <laughs> organizing a bunch of different people as well as, you know, kind of organizing your talent and managing your project and, you know, solving mm-hmm. a problem for a client, right? And when you're organ- organizing a, a big a big thing like the National Student Show, you are kind of wrangling a lot of people and a lot of resources and making sure that, like in motion design, everything moves on time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's different timelines and there's different things that you have to kind of make sure all end up happening to produce the result right. that you want them to and, do. But and the also ones being that you, able to let go of things, yeah. you know, especially when you have a big team, you have to be able to 
um, you know, either let someone go and trust someone, you know, where, even though we may want to like control every single thing that mm-hmm. that lead, that happens in a project, you have to trust that one of your volunteers or your junior creative can can handle it and trust mm-hmm. their judgment. And also being able to know that you can, if something does come up, you can throw a red flag and, and trust that other people have your back and will be able to step in and say, okay, well, you need this. Well, you know, we'll take care of that. So Yeah. So, I mean, it is, there are, I mean, it's all kind of, of related to, I don't know, like doing something good. I mean, just in regards to the fact that those were the two that you mentioned. You know, there's some people that will automatically say something like, oh, we did this thing and the um, the graphics really great. We're on the Supertron or whatever it is. But, I mean, you really mentioned things that, that affected the community in, in, some, in some way. And, you know, your superhero answer was very quick. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's really, do you, do you think that because this is something that influenced you when you were a kid and, you know, you're also mentioning the things that you're proudest of or, or things that affected the, the community or the world in, in a way that was, you know, good, it, it'd be interesting to know what, what it is that you do for inspiration. Um, well, I mean, I guess for general hobbies, you know, I do, I still read comic books every Wednesday. I'll go to the comic shop and pick up the latest Spider-Man or Saga or whatever. Um, but as far as inspiration, one of the, one of my instructors, um, uh, is actually my advertising instructor. Uh, he's, he would say that whenever you're coming to the solution, you're, you're pulling from inspiration from your past, things that you've done and, uh, the only way that you can can feed that mentally feed your brain is to have more experiences. So to whether it's traveling to Africa or you know going to Hong Kong or driving to the middle of nowhere in Texas to eat barbecue just because um, it's having those experiences. That way um, you can draw upon those on future um, um, problems. Because mm-hmm. you never really know what's going to inspire you, whether, you know, it could be an old sign on the side of the road that you, you look at and you're like, you may not even know it then, but years later you could remember, you can remember that sign and remember the how the letters look and say, that's the type of thing that, that should be in this project. Um, mm-hmm. So it's always feeding that with new experiences. So I like to travel a lot right. and eat food, lots of food. <laughs> I mean, we're in Texas, so um, is there anything particular about your personality that you think led you to being in the in the position that you're in now, both as an independent designer and also kind of the, the volunteer work you do with the DSVC? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think that's something for other people to answer. Um, mm-hmm. It's always always feel weird answering that question or questions like that. <laughs> well, I mean, do you? I mean, with with doing this interview, is is this interview uncomfortable? I mean, I think if if you're, and I, I mean, this is really one of those things that's just it's related to creatives in the first place. Like a lot of creatives don't like talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you? Well, I mean, course, do you yeah. think that that's you know even you know you talked about working with Gus. I mean, Gus is shy, you know, but mm-hmm. one of the things that is really great about him is that he's not the first person to speak up, which means that while other people are speaking, he's listening, you know, very mm-hmm. listening and like intently, and that's what one of his strengths is. It's really 
the fact that he's absorbing all the information and very becoming very empathetic because he's he's listening. So if you feel like somebody else could answer that question better, I mean, that's a good answer, you know. But, yeah, um, well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, they always say that a good chief can be a, a, a good brave. Um, I'm, I'm never one to say that, oh, I'll be, I'm the one in charge. I'm the one that if someone else feels like they need to be in charge or if I think, you know, if, if you have to follow someone at, you know, you go ahead and do it. You, you don't. You follow the leader, and and but if something were to happen and the need arises and you need to step up, then you step up. Um, and I think that's something that I've always done. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I'll do that I'm not um, entirely sure that I'm capable of doing it, but push comes to shove, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, whether it's running the student show or being a freelancer, um, you know, there was. When your back is up against the wall, you just you have to buckle down and get things done. Um, right, and um, you know, I think that that kind of leads to one of the these other questions. Um, I mean, you do a lot of scary stuff, apparently. Um, creatives are often described as as being risk takers. So, besides going independent. <laughs> Besides going out into backwoods Texas to eat barbecue, besides running a, a giant student show, all of those things, what would you say is the biggest risk you've ever taken so far? Um, probably asking my wife to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> like you knew, you didn't know. <laughs> well, no, it, it's like when when a guy asks, he he asks because he knows what typically you know what the answer is going to be, but it's it's a life changing decision. It's like, is this the person? Am I ready to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you know, I was independent, so I was like, okay, how is this going to work? Am I going to stay independent? Do I get a job? You know, what if we have kids? Um, and it's just coming to the realization, like, okay, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I'm sure that the ne- the next biggest risk would be having kids. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to keep those things alive. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? Working on a big project for like Coca Cola, that's easy. Raising raising uh, a child into an adult, yeah, that's that's a lifetime commitment. <laughs> yeah, I've I've realized I haven't watered my my plant in like two weeks. So I mean I can't imagine like being at work and like really being into it and then being like, oh shit. <laughs> I have to go feed something. Yeah, okay. We'll just I'm gonna edit that one out. <laughs> um so, you know, if somebody wanted to, to go out and be independent, what what advice would you give them? I think if someone were to if they're like straight out of school, mm-hmm. they need to work somewhere. They need to have that level of um, uh, security. You know, working someplace that it's like getting um, your grad. I guess um, you, you learn so much at your first job, and but and you're also shielded. You know, you have these people that are supervising you, and they'll protect you from the harsh clients or um, you know the craziness. And little by little, you learn a little bit more of of what it takes to, you know, work on a project. And, you know, just your first job or first couple of jobs, just learn as much as you can. Don't just do the work, but actually learn the the business part of it. Um, Because they don't teach you how to bid a project. 
when you're in school mm-hmm. or how to do an estimate or, you know, a scope of work document. You learn, you either learn that from your first job or you learn that um, from making mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Learn as much as you can about the business if first before you ever decide to uh, attempt to be a freelancer. Right on. So then what would somebody that works with you, you know, whether it be somebody that you worked alongside at the when you first came out or, you know, somebody that's hired you on a freelance basis or even somebody that's, you know, been on the board with you, what do you think that they would describe as your biggest strength? Um, I get things done. <laughs> I like it. Um I mean that's that's really important. Uh, I mean I guess it's like if they've hired you, um, it's like it's it's different because it's not somebody that you that works with your company on a regular basis. It's that that is a bu- a bunch of trust that they put in you. So I mean that's mm-hmm. um, definitely yeah, they one need of them. to have that level of trust and um, you know push when you're trying to think like well you know it's it's like the the kicker on the football team like that guy needs to make the go every single time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his job. And so that's, you know, that's kind of my job. I need to get things done um, and on time and within budget. Um. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this isn't one of the questions that was on on the questionnaire. Um, We talked about it prior to to starting this this interview. Um, But um, talk real quickly about the the podcast that you're working on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, I'm. I also have a podcast um, called DSVC Rough Talks, and it's um, you know back in the day, if you if you're in Dallas uh, and part of the DSVC, uh, you used to get this really awesome magazine in in, in the mail every so often uh, called Rough Rough Magazine. Mm-hmm. And so um, the DSBC hasn't really come out with a rough magazine in quite a while. Um, so we're, you know, trying to uh, think of new ways to um, um, bring that back and primarily, you know, first doing that online. And as part of that, one of the ideas that I had was to uh, start a podcast, whether it's interviewing people or just giving extra content to the um, the membership at large. Um, and so the initial, um, version of this podcast is to, um, extend the conversation of our general meetings. So you would go to a meeting, you, you know, you'll listen to, um, one of our speakers and then, um, sometime after the meeting, um, me and a couple of other, um, board members will discuss the presentation and you know just talk about what um what we got out of out of the presentation and what you know what we think about things mm-hmm. um so at the beginning of the year we had Alex Bunch and you know his thing was uh his presentation was a lot about fear and mm-hmm. so we you know we d- discussed about how we how we approach beer in our careers and and you'll listen you know not just me but other board members you know um I think the first podcast we had Andy Slyper, who's a marketing person, and Brian Grudowski, who's interactive. So um, it's having these uh, different voices and that make up our club because it's not all just designers. It's um, a lot of different creative types, whether it's writers or motion designers or marketing. Um, 
probably really similar to the Dallas type. It's a lot of types of people in Dallas. <laughs> that's so. true. Like, it's, a, it's like I didn't pay you to, to answer it that way, but I appreciate it. Um, so this wouldn't be a Dallas type without a few Dallas questions, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So why Dallas, then? Um, it was closest to home. I mean, that was the, the first initial thing. You know, once I was in school, it was like, oh, there is a really big community here, both in in advertising and design and, you know, animation and post-production. And so this is where I got my start. And um, I've never really had the desire to go to, you know, either either coast, whether it's New York or L.A. You know, everyone that I talk to seems to say that it costs a lot of to live at those places. Yeah. And, you know, I can have a really nice house and not worry about money as much and mm-hmm. still get to work on really cool projects. So um, I didn't see the need, you know. What's it's your about favorite? the third coast. <laughs> it is the third coast. <laughs> What's your favorite part of living here? Just in oh, general, geez. too. Like, it doesn't have anything. <clears throat> it doesn't have to, to deal with design, even though design is a great reason to be here. But... What's your favorite part? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, even though you did say not about design, it, I think the community here is really strong. And a lot of the people that we bring in from out of town always talk about the community, whether it's AIGA or the DSVC. They always say, like, wow, this is there's a lot of people showing up for these events. There's a strong community here. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I mean, we have really good tacos. Yes. So. <laughs> They're so good. It's all day long too. It's like the breakfast tacos, <laughs> lunch tacos, um, late night tacos. Oh my god, it's fourth meal. Then <laughs> um, <laughs> um, interpret this as you will. What does tomorrow look like? Uh, fresh. Yeah, you're not. The, it's weird. You're not the first person that said that. <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just really one of the other interviews, Virgil said that it's it's interesting because he's been here for a while and he saw what the just the fire that came out of like early 80s. Right. And he was mm-hmm. just like, you know, he's teaching a lot of the guys that that were part of starting the firms and starting the fire and the competition that we saw in the, in the early 80s, the competition mm-hmm. in the community that, you know, we had the the chili cook-offs, and then you had, like, the, the holiday card competitions. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. But these guys are now in school, and they're teaching the next generation. And in between, mm-hmm. kind of, like, kind of in the 2000s, you you saw them kind of quiet down a little bit. But now they're teaching. And this passion that they had for, for the Dallas community is, is now going to be kind of passed on where instead of people leaving here, you know, there's more of an opportunity of people to, to teach them why you can stay and grow here. So he said, I mean, it might be like the early 80s again. But, I mean, it's really interesting to, to hear somebody that's younger, you know, say mm-hmm. fresh. Because you don't really expect that. So that's, that's a really great <laughs> answer. Um, mm-hmm. So we're we're heading into the quick fire. So thank you again for agreeing to do this interview. And I just wanted to note that just in, in the answers that you've given, there's kind of a pattern to your answers. You're good at relating stories and concepts with <laughs> stories outside of yourself. And it's cool mm-hmm. to see somebody do that, to, to recall 
the experiences that you've had with other people as your answer because it, it makes things highly relatable. So just props to you and thank you again for, for taking part. So all of that is really the preface to one of the worst questions in this interview because <laughs> it's really dark and I, I've asked it so many times that I can't take it out. So what is the last item on your bucket list? <laughs> The last one. <laughs> I've never really thought about having a bucket list. What is one of the What is one of the things you just you want to do, but you're you're putting it off? Well, going back to a previous question, or you know, a lot of my previous answers, um, comic books. The whole reason why I started, you know, studying art and design and creative process was because of comic books. Um, you know, I always wanted to tell my story of Spider-Man or Batman and, and all that. Um, so hopefully one day I'll come out with my own comic book, whether even if it's just digital and it's just one issue, just to say that I've done it. I think that would... Yeah, you could do like a Dallas Spider-Man type thing. It'd be interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think we have mm -hmm. a comic book character that saves Dallas from, I don't know, things like the toll road or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. last, yeah. okay. Last, well, we last have, part. We have Big Tech, you know, Big Tech is our superhero. Oh my gosh. If you do, <laughs> you should totally do a, a Big Tech, like, <laughs> where he, like, unearths himself and, like, saves <laughs> Dallas somehow. That'd be awesome. So, what is your favorite font? Um, Gotham, I guess. <laughs> that's, that, that's still cool, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's not Helvetica, so. And it, it really... <laughs> If you want to say Helvetta, you can say it. Um, it. It goes really well with the whole superhero thing. Um, fav favorite word? Brave. Cool. Okay. Favorite color? Um, blue. Quote? Be like water. Bruce Lee. Elvis or the Beatles? Uh, I'm going to have to go with America here. Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just try to find people that align themselves with me. Um, describe yourself in five words. You see, that's a tough one. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a sentence. If you have five words that you're like, boom, 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 or if you have a five-word sentence. Um, let's see here. There's animator, designer. Those are those are career things. Okay. Um, Christian would do that. Mm -hmm. What else? You have to throw me a bone here. Come on. Well, give me one like, word. <laughs> what it, awesome, amazing. It would do amazing. Okay. Would be amazing, Spider-Man. Um, and hungry. I like it. Um, then take all of those. Describe yourself in one word. <laughs> Ramsey. It's fine. I don't mean. I think you're the <laughs> the one that we know. So that's great. <laughs> you epitomize it. So totally cool. That's perfect. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Is there anything else that you would want to add at this point? This is where I cut the music in. So if there's anything you'd like to add as I roll into the credits. Well, we already talked about it. So my podcast, DSBC Rock Talks, check it out. Hopefully it gets better with time. Um. <laughs> right on. The interview you just heard is bookended by the track Blue Jay from the album Feathers by Blue Dot Sessions, which I borrowed from freemusicarchive.org and used under the Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial license. 
Thank you for listening to The Dallas Type. I'm Francis Iliana. And remember, as the late great Tom Landry said, leadership is a matter of having people look at you and gain confidence, seeing how you react. If you're in control, they're in control. <laughs>